Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaff. Today, I want to try and break down the beef between Gordon Ryan and Andre Galvao. Today's episode is the first of its kind on this channel. I am going to try and tell you guys the history of the bad blood between Gordon Ryan and Andre Galvao. I know most of you guys know I'm a huge NBA fan. I love watching the NBA, and I love watching NBA content on YouTube. Some of my favorite content has been when YouTube creators make little mini documentaries detailing the beef between NBA players. So whether it's Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas, like why didn't Michael, uh, why didn't Michael Jordan want Isaiah Thomas on the Dream Team, or what happened between Kobe and Shaq, why were they feuding, why did they end up splitting, or there's just so many others, you know, and you could really go down the YouTube rabbit hole and watch hours and hours and hours of fascinating stories between NBA players that have bad blood and have some beef. So I wanted to today attempt to break down what's going on between Gordon Ryan and Andre Galvao. I know most of you guys are aware that this past Friday at the Who's Number One event, the matches were pretty good, but what stole the show at Who's Number One was the physical altercation between Andre Galvao and Gordon Ryan. And I don't want to say that it was shocking because... These guys have been feuding, these teams, I should say, have been feuding the past five to six years. And I want to start at the beginning. And I know most of you guys are pretty aware of what's happened recently, but I think most have forgotten how deep this feud runs. So first, who are Andre Galvao and Gordon Ryan? Well, Andre Galvao is an absolute legend in the sport of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's one of the best competitors all time, easily top 10 no doubt competitors all time and probably the greatest ADCC competitor. He has the most ADCC titles and he's won multiple Gi and No Gi World Championships. He's just a legend. And he is more importantly the current leader and the head coach at Atos Jiu-Jitsu. And Atos is the number one team in the world. They have the hands down the best guys top to bottom on their competition team. They constantly win Gi, No Gi, um, you know, whether it's ADCC, like they win almost all the team titles at all the major events. So if you're going to a major event, you can almost guarantee you're going to be facing an Atos guy for a medal. So any of those medal round matches, you're probably going to be facing an Atos guy. Now, on the other hand, we've got Gordon Ryan, who is a part of the DDS. So the DDS stands for the Danaher Death Squad. That is led by John Donahue. And the three senior students are, well, I guess currently the three senior students are Craig Jones, Gary Tonin, and Gordon Ryan. Now, Gordon Ryan is pound for pound the number one no-gi competitor in the world. He is the best guy in, yeah, in jiu-jitsu. He just is. He's the best guy by a mile in my opinion and I think most people's opinion especially after Friday's performance and the number two guy I think most people would agree is Craig Jones I mean Craig Jones has been on an absolute tear so you've got the top two guys in, in the world and no gi on the DDS but there's a pretty big uh, difference between Atos and DDS just with how many top guys Atos have. You know, the DDS, again, they have these three top, you know, Gary Tonin, though, is mostly doing, um, you know, MMA right now. He's having a phenomenal run uh, for one championship. And then they've got a bunch of junior members. And the junior squad of the DDS is comprised of purple, brown, and a couple of black belts. And they're guys that really haven't accomplished anything major. They're all super, super talented. But to, uh, to become a senior member of the squad, because people ask this all the time, you have to win a major championship. So you have to win something like ADCC or EBI or like a no gear gi world title at black belt. So there's three members and, you know, there's a bunch of junior squad members. So last year, Atos went 4-0 against the DDS, but they only beat the junior squad members. They didn't beat Gary, um, they didn't beat Gary, Craig, or Gordon, but they did beat Ethan Krillinston, they beat Oliver Taza, they beat Nikki Ryan, and they won one other match. I can't remember who it was. 
So they had a great year against him. So this year really set up this rivalry because people were like, okay, you know, Atos and DDS, there's lots of bad blood. Atos won last year. They went 4-0. But no, none of them have taken out Gordon Ryan. And so it really set us up for this who's number one event. But I'm really going to now just start from the beginning and try and remember as many details as I can. I really didn't do a lot of research for this. I'm just trying to remember all this off the top of my head. So if I get something wrong, uh, you know, don't shoot me. But I'm going to attempt to do my best to give you guys the full breakdown. So let's go ahead and start with a young Gordon Ryan. So Gordon Ryan, as a purple belt, was an absolute stud. I mean, from all accounts, from Tom DeBlast to Gary Tonin to John Donner here, he's the most talented guy they've, they've seen. Like, this, his rise was meteoric. I mean, he learned so, so fast. And so at Purple Belt, he was having tons of success in no-gi. He was starting to compete in professional events in no-gi, and he was starting to win some of those. And this is the time where he really stopped competing in the gi. He had his last gi tournament. It was actually at Gi Worlds. And at that Gi Worlds, and you'll hear a lot of people reference this, where you know he, he got choked by this guy named Tommy Langager. Tommy Langager is one of the best guys in the world today in the black belt scene. He's an absolute beast. And uh, funny enough, he actually trained at Atos for a bit. But he's a European guy. He trains in Europe now. And yeah, he's an absolute savage, but he tapped Gordon Ryan at Gi Worlds with a bow and arrow choke. And it's right around this time, as I said, you know, Gordon stops competing in the Gi, stops really training in the Gi. He finds John Donner here. He starts really training in the blue basement and he's committed to learning John's systems and really pursuing the no Gi path. And it was obviously a great, great choice. And so at Purple Belt, I think the first place most people saw Gordon Ryan was the ADCC East Coast Trials in Charleston, West Virginia. Now, I happened to be there that day, and I do remember seeing Gordon Ryan. And I remember Gordon Ryan uh, just because Gary Tonin was somewhat of a name at the time. He had competed in the Brown Belt Kumite. He, you know, had, he was just a super exciting competitor. And... Um, he was cornering one of his purple belt students, and that purple belt student, you know, was Gordon Ryan. And Gordon ended up placing third that day, which was a huge accomplishment. And as a purple belt to go to an ACC trials and finish third, I mean, it definitely shows that you're an absolute savage and somebody to watch out for. And that day, he actually ended up beating Boogeyman Martinez. Boogie Martinez passed his guard, but Gordon ended up. Uh, getting to, I believe he got to Boogie's back and choked Boogie uh, with the rear naked choke. But he ends up beating Boogie, finishes third place that day. And I just remember thinking, like, this is somebody to watch out for. And Gordon wins a couple of other events. He gets promoted to Brown Belt. And six months after that ADCC trials, there's another ADCC trials in Miami, Florida. And this is the last chance. Your last chance to earn a ticket to ADCC if you didn't get invited. So it was a huge one. And, you know, there was a lot of people that attended this Miami, Florida Invitational. Now, I was going to attend, but I'd hurt my elbow super bad, so I couldn't go. But I was all eyes, and I watched every match from that trials. And I remember watching Gordon Ryan. I mean, he absolutely dominated that day. And he was in the 88 kilogram, uh, the under 88 kilogram division. He makes it all the way to the finals as a newly promoted brown belt. And he faces off against Mike Perez. And now this is a really significant match because this is the first time that the DDS and Atos meet in a big tournament. So we've got Mike Perez, who's a super talented brown belt out of Atos. And Gordon Ryan, a super talented brown belt out of the DDS. So they meet, it's an eight-minute match, four minutes, no points, four minutes, points, and Mike Perez actually ends up passing Gordon's guard, takes Gordon's back, and beats him on points. And it's a huge moment for both of them because Mike Perez earns his first trip to the ADCC, and Gordon, you know, is left, you know, really just kind of downhearted, you know. He, he almost made it to ADCC. He knows he's at a level, and he, he believes he's at a level where he can compete with anybody in the world. But now he's going to have to wait two years to earn that chance. And, you know, you guys have to understand something. At this time, with, you know, 
if you didn't make it to ADCC, there weren't a lot of other places to prove your worth as a grappler, especially in the no-gi scene. Every major event other than you know ADCC was in the gi. There weren't all of these professional shows that you see today. You know, the, the landscape has changed dramatically. Almost every professional show now is no-gi based, whether it's a regional show or, again, there's just, hey, we're, we want a blue belt tournament, you know, eight-man blue belt tournament for $800. It's almost all no-gi. Well, as I said, it wasn't that way. So Gordon was having to compete in just some of these obscure shows that were starting to attract a lot of top talent like Zapatero like the finishers and he was dominating those tournaments but nobody was taking him seriously he needed to earn that ticket to adcc to prove himself and to show the world that he was a world-class grappler but mike perez took that chance or took that took that uh place from him uh, with that victory in the miami east coast trials so again gordon has to wait and we had to wait a few years to really find out how dominant and how good gordon ryan was and after that it's like gordon ryan you know really dedicated himself full-time to training i mean he was he had improved like from that you know from the from the charleston west virginia trials to miami but the improvement he made over the next year, I don't think anybody's improved more than Gordon has like in a year. And he just keeps doing it year after year. It's like this guy, you know, just is almost downloading from the matrix. I mean, his improvements have just been just insane. And so he starts to win. He wins a Sapatero. He wins another tournament. But his real big breakout was at EBI 6. And EBI was really the first huge tournament other than ADCC that featured no-gi competitors. And Eddie Bravo really wanted to showcase his 10th Planet guys, especially the submission-only style. Eddie's always been a big fan of ADCC. His story really starts with ADCC, you know, his performance against, you know, Hoyler Gracie there. But you know, he wanted to create something for submission grapplers. And so he creates the Eddie Bravo Invitational where the idea is that it's sub only. There's 10 minute matches where you can only win by submission. There are no points. And then if there isn't a submission, there's going to be three overtimes. And at the time, the overtimes weren't capped. So today there's two minutes, um, you know, it's two minutes, but then it was no, you have unlimited ride time on the back or the armbar position, and it only stops with an escape or a submission. So he wanted to truly find out who the best submission artist was. Well, that first EBI, it really didn't get a lot of top-level talent, but the winners were Gio Martinez in the under 135-pound division, and the under 170-pound division was won by Gary Tonin. And the first five EBIs were really, um, you know, what really stands out, the competitors that stand out are three guys. You know, you've got Gio Martinez, you've got Gary Tonin, and then you've got Eddie Cummings. And people had were starting to fall in love with the Donahue Death Squad style. They loved watching Gary Tonin compete, and they loved watching Eddie Cummings. And there was this guy, though, that people were hearing about, you know, this young up-and-comer that was still a junior squad member, he wasn't a black belt yet, um, and his name was Gordon Ryan. And his first chance to showcase was EBI 6. And as I said, you know, Eddie was really trying to grow and promote sub only grappling. And at the time, EBI was seen, though, as a joke. Like, if you told, like, a gi guy that you, you know, you thought that Gary Tonin was the best grappler in the world, he would have thought you were an idiot. He was like, no, Gary's not the best. Like, the best grappler in the world is the guy that wins the Moon Jaws, who wins the gi world championship. Whoever competes and does well in the gi no championships, those are the best guys. Like, people would even say that over ADCC. They're like, no, 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 the best guys are whoever make the podium for that year's weight class in gi worlds. And Eddie was dying and trying to get guys that were competing in the IBJJF to do an EBI, but none of them would do it. He had contacted Hoffa Mendez. He had contacted Cobrini. He had contacted Lucas Lepre. He contacted all of them. He had contacted all the Atos guys. They all told him no. They wouldn't do it. It wasn't enough money, and they didn't want to risk their reputation for a tournament that people you know, really didn't respect. 
And for the first five EBIs, the cash prize was $20,000. So you had to submit all of your opponents to win $20,000. That was a pretty big prize. And we saw Gio Martinez, we saw Eddie Cummings and Gary Tonin walk away with a good chunk of change. But for EBI 6, Eddie wanted to get the best guys he possibly could. He was sick and tired of hearing people say that a gi guy, a gi world champion, would go in. Because what guy, people were saying is like, look, you get a dude like Cobrinha, he's going into EBI, and he's going to submit all four guys in under six minutes. Like He's going to make it look easy. And so Eddie upped the ante, and he made EBI 6 a grand total of $50,000. So if you submitted all four of your opponents in regulation, you won $50,000. And this was huge because at the time, I mean, that was the biggest cash prize I think ever offered for a jiu-jitsu tournament. ADCC was offering $40,000 to win your division. So, I mean, if you wanted to and if you could go out and win four matches by submission, you win $50,000. That was unheard of. And so the talent level for EBI 6 was insane. It was way higher than the previous five EBIs. And we saw the likes of Yuri Samoas, who had just won the ADCC championship, and he was a Gi world champion. We saw Rustam Chezev, who had medaled at ADCC, and a handful of other guys that you know were IBJJF champions and had medaled at these big, big tournaments. Well, the stars of the show were two guys. Everybody wanted to see how Gary Tonin and Eddie Cummings would do against these Gi world champions. Well, they were by far the smallest guys in this because it was an absolute. And so everyone was like, dude, like if Eddie or Gary like make it to the finals and win this, like they are absolute legends because they were really putting themselves up and like representing no Gi sub only jujitsu. Well, Eddie Cummings takes an injury during training, and they replace Eddie Cummings with somebody else from the DDS, Gordon Ryan. And nobody, a lot of people really didn't know who Gordon was. Basically, nobody was giving him a shot. I thought Gordon was going to do really well, but I was still picking Yuri Samoas to win the event. And when the bracket came out, um, Eddie, uh, excuse me, Gary and Gordon were on the same side as Yuri Samoas. Well, we all know history was made that day. Gordon Ryan went through everybody. He tapped Yuri Samoas in EBIOT. He beat Rustam Chezev in the finals, and he became EBI6 absolute champion. And just like that, overnight, Gordon Ryan becomes a huge, huge star. Like, people are just could not believe what they saw. This young 20-year-old kid went out and beat the guys that people said nobody could beat. Like if you weren't didn't train in the gi, you could not beat Yuri Samoas. You could not beat Rustam Chezov. You could not beat some of these guys. And Gordon went out there and you know beat everybody and looked like the best guy. Like he looked like the best guy at 175 pounds. I mean he was outweighed by Yuri Samoas. I mean Yuri Samoas had like 50 pounds on him. And so this is where Gordon, like that, that a lot of people know him as today, really, really came from. Because after this, Gordon was looking for more opportunities to make a name for himself. He still had to earn his way into ADCC. He he hadn't quite, you know, done enough to to get an invite. So he started calling people out, and he made a challenge. He was making bet challenges like ten thousand dollars a no time limit sub only match like he didn't he didn't think anybody in the world could beat him I and mean, he was calling everybody out he was just picking names and going you can't beat me no, a time, no time limit sub only you can't beat me no time limit sub only i'm the best guy in the world at no time limit sub only and this is where our second atos encounter comes with gordon ryan so gordon's calling out all these guys and he has a match with this guy named um what is this dude's name? Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on it. Todd Muckenheim. So Todd Muckenheim had just won no-gi pans, and he bet $10,000 that he could beat Gordon Ryan in a no-time limit sub-only match. And the whole jiu-jitsu community was watching kind of out of the corner of their eyes. Like nobody wanted to give this young, brash, cocky upstart like the time of day, but they were curious. And 
people were really hoping Todd Muckenheim went down to the Sapatero in Florida because Sapatero was hosting this this match. They were really hoping that Todd Muckenheim went down there and wiped up Gordon Ryan. And that's not what happened. Gordon absolutely destroyed Todd Muckenheim. He tapped him, I believe, with the Kimura, but like he just ran through Todd Muckenheim. And this just made Gordon, you know, even more cocky. He starts calling out more people. And finally, we get another challenger. We get Keenan Cornelius out of Atos. And this was a huge, huge deal because Keenan at the time was the American poster boy for jiu-jitsu. He was, I would say, most Americans' favorite grappler. Like, you know, he just, he represented American jiu-jitsu. He was a huge star I mean, people loved his style. He had had success in every format. Now, while Keenan had never won the big like the big shows, he was always in the top three or four. So people like recognize like, no, no, no. Keenan Cornelius is a top five guy in the world at this weight. And if Gordon can beat him, like everybody has to start now respecting and looking at this kid as a challenger to the throne of the best grappler in the world. And before the match, I mean, Keenan was super confident. And I remember at one point, I believe he wrote on Reddit, he was like, hey, like, I'm so confident I will face Gary, Tonin, Gordon Ryan, and Eddie Cummings back to back to back, no time limit sub only, and I'll sub all of them. And I remember reading that and just thinking like, man, that is so gangster, you know, because again, the DDS was killing everybody with leg locks, but they hadn't beaten anyone to uh, of the credentials of, you know, Keenan Cornelius and they hadn't tapped in like like uh, Gordon Ryan had tapped like Yuri Simonis but it was an overtime like this he was going to have to get the submission during regulation and this match took place in New York at a grappling industries and this grappling industries um, you know grappling industry used to be really really big they had a couple of really awesome super fights but yeah they were hosting this and it was a free YouTube stream and you can still find the match today and the match went an hour and a half and I remember being like glued to my seat because I was like, man, I didn't think there honestly was any way Gordon Ryan was going to beat Keenan. I, I still just didn't believe. I was like, man, Keenan, you know, he's, I believe the hype and I believed what everybody told me that you had to train in the gi. Like, even though I only train no gi, I, you know, when everybody tells you this, when 99% of the community is telling you that to get better at no gi, you have to do gi, you kind of get brainwashed. And so I'm like, man, you know, there's no way Gordon can beat Keenan. And I thought Keenan was going to tap him in under 15 minutes. Well, the match just keeps getting longer and longer. You know, 10 minutes pass, 30 minutes pass, 45 minutes pass, an hour passes. And Gordon's had pretty much all of the attacks. And I'm kind of waiting for Keenan to kind of come out of his shell. But, I mean, Gordon was showing better jujitsu throughout most of this match. And at almost the hour and a half mark, he taps Keenan Cornelius with an inside heel hook. And, you know, you talk about shocking. The whole community was shocked. But what everybody did was they went, well, Keenan, you know, like really didn't go after Gordon. It was an hour and a half match. What does that prove? They were finding ways to discredit Gordon Ryan's victory. And so a lot of people just didn't really respect what he did. Now, a lot of the Nogi, you know, diehards like myself and a lot of the 10th Planet people were like, no, 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 like he beat Keenan Cornelius. But again, a lot of people were like, no, he didn't beat him in a legit rule set. Nobody cares about no time on sub only. It's boring, yada, yada. I can't watch an hour and a half match. And I understand those criticisms. But again, like he just beat one of the best five guys in the world and was winning the match pretty handedly throughout. I mean, he had all of the offense. And Gordon, though, you know, just keeps calling out more and more guys. Like, now he knows. He's like, I am the best guy in the world. And what really derails Gordon Ryan and, uh, you know, stops his ascension is his match with Felipe Pena. He ends up having this match with Felipe Pena. Like, Felipe Pena comes out of nowhere, you know, as the challenger. And Felipe Pena was, you know, a world champion in the Gi. He was, he was an absolute stud from Gracie Baja. But he ends up tapping Gordon Ryan in this no time limit match. And we kind of see Gordon kind of go away, you know, like he's not as cocky. He's not calling people out. Um, you know, he definitely was humbled a little bit by that experience. So Gordon continues to compete in EBI. He wins EBI 8 and I believe EBI 11. And he's just submitting everybody. And fight to win, 
was right around this time where you know Fight to Win was was coming up and becoming a major promotion, and they hosted um, Gordon Ryan's second match against an Atos competitor. Uh, one of the main event super fights was against Lucas Hulk Barboza. And this is kind of the first time that we see a little bit of, uh, you know, beef between the two squads. And, you know, the, the Hulk Barboza and Gordon Ryan are these two, like, up-and-coming studs. And Hulk is like Atos's Gordon Ryan. I mean, he's the guy that they're looking to become a, a future world champion. And they have a match, and Gordon ends up winning a, I believe it was a split decision victory over Hulk. And afterwards, the Atos guys kind of went crazy. I mean, Andre Galvao and Hulk, Lucas Hulk Barboza and a couple of their other guys were just complaining and kind of throwing temper tantrums and really arguing the decision that, you know, Gordon Ryan won. And Gordon, you know, he, he's finally done enough. He's impressed. He's beaten enough people that he finally gets a shot and gets invited to ADCC. And that ADCC was honestly made one of the turning points. So after Eddie beat Hoyler, I would say 2007 ADCC, what the Danny Hare Death Squad did really changed the way people thought about No Gi. And so coming into 2017, people still assumed that, you know, Gordon Ryan and No Gi competitors could not hang uh, against the Gi guys in no Gi settings. Well, Gordon absolutely dominated that day. It's still my favorite day of Gordon Ryan grappling. I thought his performance w- was almost flawless. And in the finals of his bracket, he has a rematch with Keenan Cornelius. And he ends up um, you know, facing Keenan in the finals. So it's his third match against Atos. And he finishes him with a head and arm choke so he gets a head and arm choke sweeps uh, on the feet ends up sweeping getting to mount and finishes with a arm and guillotine and he makes it all the way to the finals of the absolute okay and he loses to his rival felipe pina so felipe pina had had taken his back um, in their super in their in their one hour super fight at Studio 540, and in the finals of the Absolute, Gordon had just he had dominated Cyborg, had tapped Muhammad Ali, tapped Keenan Cornelius, he had beaten a who's who of grapplers, and he loses to Felipe Pena with the same back take. Felipe gets the back and beats Gordon to become the Absolute champion. And now this is super important to the story because if Gordon would have won that match. He would have faced Andre Galvao in the 2019 super fight. But since he lost, he you know didn't earn the right. And Andre Galvao, since 2015, has only competed in the ADCC super fight. So while he hasn't been retired, he's basically been retired from regular competition. I mean, he's only done the ADCC super fights. And you know, Gordon really missed that opportunity to face Galvao because if he would have won that match, he's 100% would have faced Galvao in 2019. And so Gordon, though, coming off of his success at ADCC, he wins his gold medal. He's got his silver medal. It's the best debut in ADCC history. I mean, again, he's 23 years old. He's on the top of the world. He knows he's the man, and he's starting to let everybody else know it. And this is the time where he's really starting to up his antics on social media. And you can tell that he's ruffled a lot of people, um, you know, the the wrong way. And one of the next encounters we see with Atos is when Kynan Duarte, supposedly, um, you know, Gordon Ryan was trying to stay sharp for competition. So he jumped into a no-gi pants. And, and the Nogi Pans was taking place in New York, and supposedly Atos had sent their representative, the young Kynan Duarte, who was a new black belt, um, and they sent him specifically to face Gordon Ryan in you know Gordon's division. And they have an epic match in the finals of Pans. Gordon takes, um, you know, he takes Kynan's back and finishes with a rear naked choke, and it's a sick, sick match and just a sick back take. And so he taps Kynan with the rear naked choke, but still nothing too crazy yet to be seen from the two camps. I mean, we're not seeing the level of the rivalry that we've seen the past year. And what really set this rivalry off? There's one like uh, there's a couple of really big things, but 
I think one of the biggest that I think gets uh, doesn't get mentioned enough is what happened at the 2019 ADCC uh, championship. So at the time, there was a horrific eye, uh, I, I mean, it was an eye infection that was going around the grappling community. And I had heard a bunch of different stories, like it started at Atos and then it spread all the way, you know, to the DDS in New York. And essentially, you know, these guys were basically getting mega pink eye, like they could not see out of their eye. They were super, super sick. Their eye was basically swollen shut for like a month straight. And Keenan Cornelius actually missed 2019 ADCC because of this, um, you know, this eye injury, this eye infection. And Craig Jones um, and a couple of the other DDS guys had this eye infection and they had it during the 2019 tournament. Well, um, one of Atos's guys, Josh Hinger, who is a very, very accomplished black belt, he has you know won the ADCC trials, he's placed at ADCC. He saw, um, you know, Craig Jones, and he saw that he had this eye condition, and he, unknowing to Craig, he called Craig over and was like, hey, Craig, like, you know, acting like he was buddy buddies, and he took a selfie with Craig. He was like, hey, I just want to take a selfie to, like, you know, highlight the day, you know, you did great today, or you know, and they took a selfie, and Josh Hinger ended up cropping Craig or himself out and just posted a picture of Craig Jones and was basically like, should you be able to compete if you've got a super, you know, contagious virus, you know, in your eye that could affect people? And is it right what Craig Jones is doing? And he was trying to get Craig Jones kicked out of ADCC. Well, that really obviously uh, turned a lot of people off, particular with the DDS. And I understand where Josh Hinger was coming from because there definitely is a moral question like, you know, if you have a contagious disease, should you be able to compete in a contact tournament, you know, something, something like grappling? Now, I totally understand why Craig competed. I would have tried to compete if I was Craig Jones, so I don't blame Craig Jones. But, you know, we have this side where Atos, you know, Keenan Cornelius, um, you know, supposedly sat out because he had this contagious, you know, eye disease or eye infection. And then we see a couple of DDS guys, uh, most uh, prominently, you know, Craig Jones, you know, he's doing this tournament with the, the, the super pink eye and it didn't sit right with the Atos guys. And then, you know, what Josh Hinger did and how he tried to expose Craig Jones was super shady and super underhanded. And so, a lot of the DDS guys really started to go after Josh Hinger and started going after Atos because, again, they tried to get a couple of their teammates kicked out of ADCC championships. And for you know uh, the DDS, I mean, ADCC is everything. And yeah, they, they definitely did not sit well with them. And at around the same time, Keenan Cornelius had just left Atos. And he was left homeless. He didn't have a, a gym to train with. And he was getting ready. So I've already mentioned he sat out of this ADCC. Well, he was trying to get ready for ADCC before he got this, you know, pink eye. And Gordon Ryan actually invited Keenan Cornelius to come train with them at, you know, become a part of the DDS. Or at least, you know, just use the DDS as a training camp for um, this upcoming ADCC. Keenan accepts, he goes out there, he trains for a couple of months, I believe it was a couple of months with the DDS, and he even has Gordon, you know, coach him at a couple of competitions, and, you know, Keenan did really, I think he won gold at Nogi Pans, and, and Gordon was his coach, like, in his corner for Nogi Pans, and a lot of people thought, like, man, that was the perfect marriage, was Keenan going from under Galval, like, he's learned a lot from Galval, so he goes from Lloyd Irvin to, you know, five years at Atos, gets his black belt from Galval, but man, like, you know, can you imagine if Keenan just took a couple of years and spent it training with John Donahue and learning some of John Donahue's uh, systems in particular, you know, the, some of those attacking system that, you know, the DDS has made famous. Well, whatever happened there, there, there was a huge falling out and Keenan Cornelius ends up leaving and he ends up sharing a lot of the techniques that he picked up from the DDS onto his subscription-based website. And he didn't give the DDS credit, um, at least that's what, what they claim, uh, or I should say Gordon Ryan says, 
Um, you know, is that he showed a lot of stuff that John, you know, showed him privately and, you know, he shared all of that content on his membership website. He didn't give any credit to John. He didn't give any money to John. And like, you know, they invited him into, you know, their training room and, you know, he ends up kind of backstabbing them. So he, you know, gets, you know, Gordon's even more salt and the DDS get even more salty with these West Coast guys, you know. And while Keenan wasn't a part of Atos, he was a part of Atos, you know. I think people still kind of look at Keenan until he started the American Legion, uh, you know, his new grappling school as, you know, Keenan was, was still a part of Atos. Um, you know, so so Gordon, you know, he's had, uh, you know, since that, that Kane Duarte match, you know, he faced Hulk at this last ADCC, and Hulk gave him his best match. I mean, Hulk arguably had the best chance to beat Gordon, you know, even though Gordon double-golded, you know, he went eight for eight. Six of those matches were finished by submission. One of the matches he didn't finish by submission was the Hulk match, and Hulk was really, you know, I thought Hulk was really leading that match, and was winning that match until, you know, he just used too much strength and too much energy trying to get Gordon to the mat. I mean, he was trying to suplex and pick up Gordon, and he ended up picking up Gordon two or three times, but Gordon did an awesome switch, ends up getting to the truck and then taking Gordon, uh, excuse me, taking Hulk's back and getting three points. So he gets the points with like 30 or 40 seconds left and finishes really a close, close match. I, I really, really, that was like my favorite Gordon match. Um, of this past ADCC. So, you know, Hulk is, is kind of starting to chirp, you know, like, Hey, you know, you beat me twice, but they've been super, super close. You know, you're, you can't, you know, like you can't beat me. I know I can beat you that type of thing. And Kynan wants his rematch. So Kynan wins and beats the DDS, um, you know, junior member, Nick Rodriguez, who at the time was a blue belt, he makes it all the way to the ADCC finals and loses to Kynan Duarte. And Kynan just won, just won golden heavyweight. He's determined, and he even told the ADCC bracket makers at this 2019 ADCC, in the absolute, he tells them to put him on the same side as Gordon Ryan. Like he asked for the match with Gordon or Gordon Ryan. Well, we all know what happens. He ends up facing one of the smallest competitors in the absolute. He goes against Lachlan Giles and gets leg locked. And so Gordon Ryan is just having a field day making fun of Kynan because he's like, you wanted to face me and you lost to a dude that was 60 pounds smaller than you and a guy that I'm way better than. And you got heel hooked by them. Like, what do you think would have happened if you had went against me? And you know, Gordon was really starting to chirp at Kynan, and Kynan, I know, like, still is dying for that match. Well, I'm pretty sure, um, I can't remember if this was before or after ADCC, but, you know, really feeding more into, and this is another, like, this is when the drama started to get really, really, really bad. Um, I believe this is post-ADCC. They have the Modolfo camp. And so the Modolfo camp was run by this guy named Mo Jazim. And so Mo Jazim is, I'm not quite sure where he gets his money, but a super, super wealthy gentleman who is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. I hear he's pretty good, but he promoted and um, you know, he's the guy that like promoted the last ADCC and him and the fight to win crew really made ADCC, the 2019 um, ADCC really special. And he rented a place out in Puerto Rico. Um, he, you know, he got this mansion, he, he rented this gym out, and he brought together a bunch of Atos and DDS guys for a week-long training camp. And the idea was he was going to film all of the roles, and then they were going to release it as a product with each of the competitors getting a cut. And supposedly Gordon had asked if he could use the filming as well to break down his matches and then he was going to sell that on BJJ Fanatics. And supposedly all these guys had sign agreements and everything was cool. They invite um, the Rotolo brothers, they invite Kynan Duarte, they invite JT Torres, um, and then there's a bunch of DDS guys like uh, Nikki Ryan, Ethan Krillinston, Oliver Taza, Gordon Ryan, they all get together. You know, everything's going pretty well until the end of the camp and when they're starting to release the footage. So 
as I said, they all had agreed that they were going to, you know, film their matches against each other. So everybody was going to go against everybody during the training room and they were going to film the matches and release it to BJJ Fanatics to sell as a product. Well, two of the guys did not want their matches to be released. And those two guys were Kine and Duarte and JT Torres. And supposedly, and both of those guys represent Atos. And supposedly, they did not want their matches to be released because um, Gordon, you know, beat them really bad. Like, they didn't do as well in the training room as they would like. They didn't want people to see their matches, you know, them getting tapped. And so they asked to be pulled from the project. And this really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because, you know, Gordon got tapped a couple of times um, on video during the Modolfo camp. I know Ethan Curliston tapped him with a knee bar, and I think one or two other people tapped him as well. And so basically Gordon was like, look, everybody got tapped during this camp, and these guys, you know, they're just their egos are, are so inflated and their pride is so, you know, so big, they can't handle, you know, getting schooled by me, you know. And supposedly they were making all, all these excuses and they cost the, the grapplers, you know, quite a bit of money. And, and Gordon was even more mad because he was going to use that footage to, as I said, like he, his plan was he was going to commentate over that footage and sell that as a product. Well, again, they said they couldn't use his footage and he didn't really want to just use footage of him rolling with his teammates. So he ends up having to scrap that. And so he then starts going on this rant about how, JT Torres and Conan Duarte are scum and they cost him, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and, you know, they're just dishonorable guys and you can't trust them and all this stuff. And so he's just chirping at these dudes, you know, he's still every now and again, he'll bring it up and just start, you know, talking trash on kind of Duarte and JT Torres, you know, just again, calling them scum and low lifes and losers that, that can't handle losing. And again, as I said, this is when we really start to see this rivalry, um, really start to pick up. And it's when it's after this Modolfo camp. So even more than the Hinger, like the, the Josh Hinger, when he tried to kick, get, uh, you know, expose Craig Jones and get Craig kicked out of ADCC, like, yeah, like that made the rivalry, um, you know, really start to intensify. But this is the thing that really sets it off. I mean, Gordon really attacks, you know, these two guys. And then we start to see Atos teammates come back at Gordon and start trying to defend their teammates and JT Torres and Conan Duarte. And it's just all a mess, you know. Mo comes out and says that, yes, like all the athletes had agreed to, you know, share their footage and that, you know, look, he didn't like how JT and Kynan handled it, but, you know, it didn't seem like it was as big a deal. You know, he wasn't calling them scum or anything like Gordon was. So I don't know quite how much money he cost everybody, you know, and I don't know if, you know, Gordon's figures of hundreds of thousands of dollars is correct, but he def they, they definitely did cost Gordon some money. But at the same time, you know, Gordon then starts verbally attacking. I mean, he's just every day, you know, calling, you know, JT Torres a piece of trash and, you know, a terrible, he's like, these guys are like terrible grapplers. I was letting them get to any position they wanted and they couldn't finish me. And, you know, just on and on and on about how terrible of grapplers and people, you know, these guys are. And so anybody, you know, if you're watching your teammates and your friends, you know, under, you know, go this verbal abuse from, you know, this highly respected grappler, like obviously you're going to be, you're going to be rubbed the wrong way. And this is right around the time that we start to see just a little bit of back and forth between kind of the first back and forth between Andre Galvao and Gordon Ryan. Like up until then, it had mostly been, you know, some of Atos's members, you know, that, that had had some beef with Gordon and we had seen some back and forth online and we'd seen Gordon call these guys out. But, you know, Gordon really had never called out Andre Galvao that much. I mean, after Gordon won the ADCC Absolute in 2019, he said that he totally respected, you know, because Andre's getting old. Andre's like 37, 38 years old. He was like, look, you know, I understand if, if Andre retires and doesn't face me, you know, he's been a great champion, but I would like the opportunity to face him. They have a face-off. Everything seems to be fine, you know. We'll, we'll see if, you know, at that time, we we're like, we'll see if Andre comes back and, and faces Gordon. 
Well, as Gordon posts more and more stuff like, you know, hey, I'm the king of Nogi grappling, we start to see Galvao responding with, you know, just pictures of himself winning ADCC and like, you know, calling himself the king and the true king. And so then Gordon starts asking for a match like, hey, you know, if you're going to call yourself the king, well, you need to face me. I'm the current double gold champion. You're the current ADCC super fight champion. We need to have this match. And it had been a match Gordon had been wanting since he started asking for no time limit sub-only match. I mean, Andre Galvao was one of the matches that he was calling for from the beginning of his black belt days. And I think Andre Galvao made a huge mistake in not not taking that match as soon as possible. I mean, I think Felipe Pena really deserves a ton of credit for beating Gordon twice. And I really think Gordon would beat Felipe pretty handedly if they had a match today. I mean, Felipe Pena has been on fire. I mean, he just won a huge gi event, but Felipe Pena was really smart in, you know, getting a couple of wins over Gordon a few years ago. And he'll always have those two years because Gordon, you know, as I've said, his ability to get better year after year. I mean, there's no athlete getting better faster than Gordon Ryan right now. So Andre made a huge mistake not getting giving Gordon respect and not facing this young up and coming talent. And then in 2019, he watches Gordon double gold and honestly just have an insanely impressive performance into double gold. He's definitely, you know, I don't think he ever engaged with Gordon prior to Gordon's, you know, double gold ADCC just because he didn't see Gordon, you know, being worth, um, you know, he wasn't on the same level as himself. You know, he was like, you know, he is not as good as me. I have way more accolades. I don't even need to give this kid the time of day. But When Gordon got his third ADCC gold medal and his fourth medal overall, I think it really scared Andre. And it made Andre start to, you know, kind of do, you know, start to kind of act out against Gordon and kind of just do some petty things like, again, you know, actively starting to call himself the king and the true goat of Nogi grappling and, you know, starting to engage with him online. And Andre was never, ever, 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 ever even remotely close to as disrespectful as Gordon was. I mean, Gordon has always been, um, I shouldn't say always because some of the Atos guys have been incredibly disrespectful to Gordon and particularly Gordon's, um, you know, girlfriend. But, you know, Gordon's always been the one leading the trash talk. And for the most part, it's just been calling these guys terrible and broke, you know. It's not like he, you know, and and just calling them dumb. I mean, that's really, if I had to express, you know, like, hey, what are Gordon Ryan's main trash talking lines? It's basically, you guys don't know any jujitsu moves, you don't know any submissions, and you're scared to face me. You guys are dumb, you know, and saying that, those are are the nice words, uh, the nice way of saying what Gordon's telling these guys. You know, and Andre, again, would kind of banter back and forth. Um, But again, never, never did Andre ever show that he was, you know, getting ready to get into a physical altercation with Gordon like we saw Friday night. So this really, you know, we start to see, you know, as Atos gets some victories last year, Gordon's having a tough time finding matches. And since Gordon's having a tough time finding matches, he just keeps calling out guys, you know, and there's really not a lot of guys left for him to call out. You know, Gordon has said that he will never, ever, ever face Conan Duarte. So he won't even face one of Atos's team members because he's like, look, this guy's cost me tons of money. The last thing I'm going to do is give him a platform. And the biggest platform in the sport, you know, this is from Gordon's mouth, is a Nogi super fight with me. And he's like, I'm not going to give Conan Duarte any help with his career. He's like, the only way I'll ever face him is if he wins the ADCC absolute, and then he can face me in the super fight. But other than that, I'm never going to help this guy. I'm never going to help this guy make another dollar, um, you know, in his life. And, you know, he's beaten Hulk multiple times. Josh Hinger's way outside of his weight class. There's only one guy from Atos that makes any sense for him to fight, and that's Andre Galvao. And so he's been calling more and more over the past year and a half for this fight with Andre Galvao. And Andre keeps saying, like, you know, before he had kept saying, well, you need to win the ADC Super Fight. You missed. And so Galvao would always go back to 2017 when Felipe beat him. him. He'd just be like, look, you weren't good enough to beat him that day. Sorry, Felipe earned that spot. Go win the ADCC Absolute. He just kept telling him that. 
And then once Gordon won the ADC, ADCC Absolute, now we start to see Andre Gavel chaining, changing his tune in that he needs to be paid $100,000. And so it starts off with like six figures, and it's slowly built up to, to now where Andre Gavel is asking for a million dollars to have a super fight. And this is so outlandish. I mean, a million dollars for a grappling super fight. I mean, the sport is nowhere close to a million dollar purse. I mean, as I said, the ADCC super fight that Galval just won in 2019, so two years ago, he won $40,000. And so he's asking for, you know, a humongous, you know, pretty much a 20 times pay raise to have this match, you know, against Gordon Ryan. And it's really just, it's starting to look like it's insecurities and it's like, and it's like Galval's kind of ducking and running from Gordon Ryan. But, you know, I'm trying to give Galval the benefit of the doubt. I understand where he's coming from. He doesn't really want to face, you know, Gordon Ryan. I think, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't like Gordon Ryan. He doesn't like his antics. And, you know, the same way Gordon doesn't want to, you know, have a match with Kynan because he doesn't like Kynan and Kynan screwed him out of money. It's the same thing. Galval didn't want to have a match with Gordon because he doesn't respect him and he doesn't want to help out his career. Well, all of this leads up into this who's number one event. And coming into this who's number one event, you know, we see Ronaldo Jr. taking on Craig Jones. And as Gordon became the biggest grappler in the world last year, like truly, you know, in 2019 wins double gold, last year has a flawless run. Like he is no doubt the most watched grappler in the world. There is no doubt in anybody's mind. Everybody knows Gordon is the most popular athlete. Well, now Gordon's got all the power. And so Gordon, you know, was chasing all these guys for years. Now he's kind of making guys come to him. He's going, no, no, if you want to match with me, you've got to do a no time limit super fight. And the only guy from Atos that steps up is Ronaldo Jr. So him and Ronaldo Jr. have some, you know, just some words. Ronaldo says he can beat him. Gordon's like, there's no way, you know, nothing too serious. Well, they have this Nogi super fight lined up for who's number one. And Gordon um, ends up getting COVID. And so Gordon has to drop out of this match. And Wagner Rocha ends up taking Gordon's place on late notice. And he ends up beating Ronaldo Jr. by decision. And so after Wagner beat him, everybody was kind of like, okay, we don't need to see this match. I mean, you know, Ronaldo, he's a great black belt, but he just lost to Wagner. What do you think is going to happen in a no-time match against Gordon? He's got no chance. And so that match gets scrapped. But a lot of people, you know, on Atos' side started saying, well, Gordon got scared. Gordon didn't train properly during COVID. Gordon had gained weight. He wasn't in shape, so he used COVID as an excuse. I thought it was absolute, you know, bogus. You know, there's no way Gordon was scared to fight Ronaldo Jr., but that's just what they were saying. So they were kind of chirping back and forth about this and that. And, you know, um, and, you know, Gordon scraps again, scraps this idea of, you know, having a match with, with Ronaldo. But, you know, um, the who's number one team is still wants to showcase this Atos DDS rivalry. They love it. I mean, they're constantly posting, you know, Instagram screenshots of what the teams are saying back and forth about each other. And so for their first who's number one of the year, they make the main event Craig Jones versus Ronaldo Jr. And during the lead up to this, things start to, I mean, it just keeps getting more and more nasty. You know, we're seeing guys on both sides, you know, calling each other, you know, all these different types of names, you know, accusing each other and, and just doing all of this stuff that is unbefitting of gentlemen. And during the who's number one, you know, we see Gordon Ryan break down the match multiple times. You know, they keep asking Gordon's opinion of, well, how do you think? And the flow team can be so obnoxious, you know, they just, they love the controversy and they love the drama. And they're like, hey, Gordon, so how do you see Craig Jones versus Hinaldo? And, you know, during the countdown show, you know, I've never seen an athlete other than maybe like Conor McGregor and, and maybe even Chell Sonnen. But, I mean, Gordon just tears Ronaldo up. You know, he's just like, Ronaldo doesn't know any moves. All he does is spaz. He's not going to try any offensive movements. Craig is, you know, so much better than him. Ronaldo's dumb as a sack of all this stuff, you know, just on and on and on. And, I mean, obviously, again, it's rubbing the Atos team the, the wrong way. And it would have totally, like, if I'm a member of Atos, if I'm Andre Galvao, I would 
hate Gordon Ryan. I would have zero respect for him. In all honesty, I'd want to slap that dude in his mouth, you know, for talking all this trash about me and my team. Um, you know, I would definitely have uh, some very, very, you know, bad feelings towards Gordon Ryan. Well, you know, as I said, the flow grappling team is making and setting up this DDS, um, you know, Atos rivalry. And they make this the main event. There's tons of pressure. You know, you, you can see it in Gordon and Ronaldo. They're both representing their teams. And, you know, this is the first big match of 2021. And, you know, Atos had went 4-0 the previous year. Like, there's a lot of pressure on both teams to come out in 2021, start strong, and get the first W. And, man, you know, first, though, in the co-main event, we see Gordon Ryan go out there, and he steps in for his injured brother, Nicky Ryan. He just absolutely dominates Roberto Jimenez. I mean, he beats Roberto super bad. He calls his submission. I mean, 10 minutes before the match, he tells everybody he's going to get a mounted armbar, and he gets a mounted armbar. Well, next match... He goes and, you know, the main, next match to the main event, he goes and corners with John Donahue. He corners Craig Jones against Ronaldo. And Craig makes pretty easy work of Ronaldo. He ends up catching Ronaldo in a heel hook. And as Gordon, you know, is going over to shake hands with the opposing team, uh, with Atos, Andre Galvao refuses to shake his hands and flips Gordon off. And from all accounts, you know, Andre's not the best loser. You know, he's, he's a pretty sore loser. And there's definitely been cases in the past where he's kind of thrown fits, whether when his guys have lost, whether they've lost and he's thought the decision was poor or he thought the ref made a bad decision. Like Andre's definitely, you know, thrown some, some, uh, some, some angry fits uh, over the years when his guys have lost. So, you know, I totally understand though. If I'm in Andre's situation, I'm not shaking Gordon's hand with all the trash he's talked about me and my team. I'm not going to flip him off. I just, I'm not a guy that flips people off, but I'm definitely not shaking his hand. I'm going to give him like a look like, dude, like, come on, man, get out of my, like, I don't want to shake your hand right now, you know? And so Gordon's acting like, well, you know, he's acting like he's the gentleman, like, oh, it's after a match. Of course, like, that's the gentlemanly thing to do. I'm like, dude, you've been talking trash on this team for like a couple years now. I don't act like you were being a noble gentleman going over to shake his hand. But, you know, he did go over and try. Galval gives him the finger. You would think that would be that. Well, this is where things get crazy. So as Gordon's going back to do an interview, um, you know, he's going back and he, uh, you know, passes Andre Galval. And Andre Galval looks like he's on the phone and he starts yelling at Gordon. You can't really understand what he's saying, but supposedly he's cussing Gordon out and he's calling Gordon like a pussy and like, where are you going? You know, you know, you're scared to face me face to face. And there, it's just them. So there's nobody from DDS or Atos around. And this is what I think is going on in Andre Galval's head. See, I think Andre Galvao thinks that he's going to go and punk Gordon. Gordon, from all accounts, and I've been around him a couple of times, and you know, I don't know him. Um, I've, I've talked to him maybe one time, but I don't really know him. But I know a lot of people that do know him, and he's a real, he's a quiet guy in person. Um, he's obviously like super confident and believes in himself, but he's not like this super like cocky and brash like douchebag in person. He's pretty quiet. He, he's really nice. I mean, almost everybody I know has had, has had awesome encounters with him in person. And I think, you know, Andre has seen that many times before, and he just thought that Gordon was like, okay, he's just this quiet kid, you know, that is super good at jiu-jitsu, but I'm going to go up and I'm going to get in his face and I'm going to try and embarrass him and I'm going to have somebody film it or it's going to get filmed and it's going to be me like punking Gordon Ryan. So he starts getting in Gordon's face. He pushes Gordon, and the last thing Andre Galvao expected was to get smacked. I think he thought there was a 0% chance that Gordon was going to hit him. Well, Gordon smacks the crap out. I mean, he hits him really hard. You hear the smack. And, man, Galvao's like, he, he's like shocked. He starts to walk backwards, and he starts to come back at Gordon, and Gordon slaps him again. And now we see Galvao's like shook. He doesn't know what to think. He changes tactics completely. Now all of a sudden, he instead of cussing Gordon out and calling him a pussy and stuff, he's just going, hey, what about respect? You need respect. What happened to respect? And they're just like on and on about respect. And then Gordon, you know, is, is yelling and like, 
you know, acting like everything's Galval's fault. It's just a, it's just a mess, you know, but it definitely makes for good TV and good, you know, it's definitely some good drama. Um, and it's definitely setting up, you know, a huge, huge, huge showdown in the future, whether it's just Atos versus DDS, or, you know, I think everybody's hoping now for Andre Galval's versus Gordon, but, Really thinking about this, I mean, Galval was the huge loser because up until this point, Galval had kind of always taken the high road. I mean, he he's engaged with Gordon a handful of times on the internet, you know, but it was never anything too serious. He never, you know, called Gordon any crazy names or anything like that. He just basically was like, I'm the best. Sorry, you're not the best. You know, that that's essentially what it came down to. But, man, Galval really hurt his reputation with the way he handled this you know first going up acting like flipping gordon off you know and and we that's on camera you can see him flip gordon off and then you know following gordon ending like pushing gordon then he gets slapped he doesn't do anything about it he gets slapped again doesn't do anything about it and it just looks like he just looked like he, he was shook he didn't know what to do and I think a lot of people expected more from Galval. Like either they expected him first to walk the higher road and not engage with him, or at least, you know, hey, if Gordon puts your hands on him, you know, you should fight Gordon right then and there. And I think, I mean, I know for certain if a dude slapped me, I'm fighting him, you know. Whether, you know, Gordon Ryan kicked my ass or not, I'd have to go down swinging. I just couldn't, I just could not take that level of disrespect from anybody. And, you know, I, I want, I just wonder what's going through, you know, um, you know, Andre Gavas head now, like what his plan of retribution is, because I know, I know something is coming. And a lot of the community, you know, I, before it was like, man, Gordon Ryan's a scumbag. Gordon Ryan's always going after Atos. Andre Gavas a great guy. But everybody that's seen what happened this weekend has really been more on Gordon's side. They're like, ah, I don't like Gordon, but, you know, if Andre Galval, you know, did that to me, I would have slapped him too. And I think most people, are, you know, agree with that. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what comes from this rivalry. Now, here's my prediction for the future. I really think that at some point, somebody's going to jump Gordon Ryan. I think it's going to be very Gracie-like, you know, how the Gracies would jump people and beat him up. I think there's going to be an event where we see four or five guys jump Gordon Ryan and try and beat him up. It's just, I, I say this because there was an event, um, you know, I think it was two years ago at Gee Worlds where somebody had created an Instagram account and it was called BJJ Steroids. And they were accusing a lot of people, in particular a lot of the Atos members, of taking steroids. So they were taking pictures of Hulk and Lucas Bar, I mean, uh, and kind of Duarte and Andre Galvao and just being like, that guy, you know, like he does steroids, he does steroids, they all do steroids. We have the truth. Like we have people inside of Atos and they're, you know, confirming that all these guys are doing steroids. And at Nogi, or excuse me, at Gi Worlds, at the team Atos was like, trying to find out who this BJJ steroids guy and they were going to jump him they were going to fight him they were going to physically harm him and so just knowing that and and knowing that Atos you know I mean look there are a bunch of fighters there's a bunch of tough tough dudes you know that that are highly highly respected this does not sit well with them and I think we're going to see a retaliation you know if I'm a promoter I'm definitely thinking about you know hiring extra security or even just keeping off you know, hey, if I have DDS guys, I'm going to keep off Atos guys. Or if I'm bringing Atos guys, I'm going to keep DDS guys. Or especially Gordon Ryan, you know. I don't think there's any problem, you know, with Ethan Krilliston and Ty Rutolo. I mean, those guys aren't going to fight, you know. But I definitely think, you know, if you mix Gordon Ryan with, you know, just the right mixture of Atos guys, I think there could be a huge brawl. And I think somebody could seriously end up getting hurt. Now, I hope it doesn't come to that. But, I mean, Jiu-Jitsu has a history of violence. And I, this looks like a situation that is going to get solved with violence. I, I would be surprised if, again, if, if violence wasn't the outcome of this event. Now, um, you know, do, do, um, does Andre Galvao and Gordon Ryan end up having this match? Man, I just don't see how Andre now at this point, like I think Andre before this weekend could have not had this match. People would have talked about it for years to come. Like some people would have said Galvao would have won. Some people would have said Gordon would have won. But now after this, where, where Gordon slaps him and Galvao doesn't do anything, I think a lot of people now are like, okay, Galvao is afraid to face Gordon. 
he's afraid of. And unless Gordon, or excuse me, unless Galvao faces him, I think a lot of people will kind of, you know, they'll still see Galvao as an absolute legend in the sport and a top 10 guy all time, but he definitely won't be in the conversation for Nogi greatest of all time. I mean, if he, but if Galvao goes and beats Gordon, it definitely puts the cherry on top of his career and it reestablishes himself as, I mean, he would be the Nogi goat, definitely the ADCC goat if he beat Gordon in the ADCC super fight. Now, the last thing I want to say before I wrap this up, because, man, I've been talking for a long time, is, guys, recognize that, you know, don't try not to follow the example of these guys. Um, you know, these guys, you know, and I understand what Gordon's doing. Gordon's trying to make money, just like Conor McGregor. He's trying to sell fights. He's trying to bump up his name. He likes it. He enjoys the controversy. He's cocky. He's confident. I get it. But if you're a blue belt, just do not start talking trash. Do not follow the example that some of these guys are setting because it's not the way to lead and it's not the way to, you know, to really um, represent yourself in the sport of jujitsu. You know, as you become one of the best guys in the world, feel free to handle your career as you want to. But do not, you know, handle yourself this way especially you know if your instructors at your gym don't do that i mean if one of our students at 10th point indicator started openly talking trash and calling people out like i would be furious i mean they definitely be getting a stern talking to and maybe even kicked out you know by me uh, by me and brandon so you know something to just think about like yeah well the smack talk is fun trash talk is fun understand there's a time and place for it and it, it really you know you need to establish yourself as one of the best guys uh, in the sport before you can start doing it to the level that these guys are doing it um, I hope you guys enjoyed that brief recap. I'm sure I missed some stuff, but as I said, I mean, honestly, most of this was just off the top of my head, just stuff I've remembered from over the years. So let me know if I missed anything, and let me know, do you think these guys have a match, and who would win? Until next time, guys, I love and appreciate you. Peace.